and we're going. This is Real Conversations. As always, I'm Jacob O'Connor. Today, I'm joined with my friend, Eric Henman. How you doing, Eric? What's up, Jacob? I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well. It's actually, it's been pretty chilly here in Wichita, Kansas, but today I think it's up in around 60, so it's not too bad. Wow, that's nice. We're, I'm in Denver right now, and it's, it's in the 50s here. Uh, we were in Park City, Utah last weekend, and it was in the negatives at night there. It was very cold. So it's nice to be back here and having it warm up a little bit. The weather in Denver is sporadic. You can have days where it's 10 degrees, and then the next day it's 75 and sunny. So you have no idea what the weather's going to do. Yeah, it's been a lot of that here too, but I bet those cold weathers are nice for your ice bucket, right? It's great for the ice barrel. Yes, it keeps the water cold. I don't have to buy ice all winter. Um, actually, the one thing you do have to do if you have an ice barrel in the shade in the winter in a climate like a Denver or upstate New York or anywhere in the upst- in, the, in northern U.S., um, you have to put salt in it and you have to be cognizant of like every day chipping any ice that's forming, because if you let it go too long, it forms a big like cylinder block of ice that is impossible to break open. Um, I was at my friend Bickles last night and he had one that was starting to form. Luckily it, it was hollow in the middle, but it was about, I don't know, two inches of ice around the entire cylinder of the ice barrel that went all the way down to the bottom. So I had to spend about 10 minutes chipping that enough so that we could get in and get some of the ice chunks out so that when you dunk, you don't cut your head on the ice. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people that would argue you're crazy for, for using ice barrels and a lot of the things that you do. And I, before we get into that, how would you even describe what it is you do on a day-to-day basis and who you are? Yeah. So what I do on a day-to-day basis is you know, ultimately I am trying to live out my perfect days, which are very much based around, uh, health and wellness, exercise, CrossFit, mountain biking, outdoor adventure and, and recovery. And in doing that, I create content for a number of different brands that I'm a consultant for. So that's my day to day. My backstory is serial entrepreneur. I started an insurance business right out of college uh, ran that for seven years, built up some residual income, hired someone to management, manage it, and then got involved in software, um, co-ran a software company for a four to five year period, and then opened up a gym, a couple restaurants, invested in consumer brands. So, you know, it kind of, I started as a business owner, turned into an entrepreneur, turned into investor, and then along the way, uh, picked up Ironman Triathlon, built a following on social media, realized that brands were shifting marketing dollars towards, you know, people with uh, with an audience. So I started treating it like a brand. And yeah, now it's creating content on on Instagram for, for different brands and also helping them build out their ambassador programs. So I like working with smaller brands like an ice barrel. Right. Yeah. And I want to get into that. And this is our third time that we've done it interview together, an episode. And I feel like I've always fast forwarded through the part where you talked about being an entrepreneur, starting an insurance company, a software company. What was that experience like? What was the software company you did? And, and what did that you know area of, of business and professionalism teach you that you still use in your life? Uh, I mean, it was hard. Starting a business is hard, but it's also very rewarding. It's kind of like doing an Ironman where Um, you know, your results are directly correlated to how much purposeful practice you put in. So, you know, with each company, you, 
you learn what you did wrong. You try and fix that with the next one. You learn what, what you're good at and what you're not good at. And you start to identify, you know, where you can add the most value and what your role is going forward in any, any company. So the software company was a passion project. Uh, I started it in 2009 with my friend and, and business partner, Stephen Van Dyck. Uh, it was called App Fury. And it started as building mobile applications that helped uh, tourists get around in New York City. So we built this app called Soho in My Pocket. And it was like an early version of like a Yelp where, you know, it was a directory of everything in Soho. And then we were partnering with some of the brands to deliver location-based notifications for like deals and discounts. Um, that was unsuccessful. We put a bunch of money into it. We hired an outside engineering team. But through that, we became known early on as an app developer. So then we partnered with these really brilliant students from Syracuse University that had a company called Rounded, and we started building apps for, for third parties, so consumers and businesses. And that's when it really started to, to take off is when we transitioned into a service-based company. Um, <clears throat> the company is now called Des uh, Density. Uh, half the team is in San Francisco, half the team is in Syracuse, and now they have one piece of hardware that tracks the number of people going in and out of a venue. They've raised tens of millions of dollars. They're absolutely crushing it. Uh, I sold my shares in 2014 before like the major explosion, but you know, I, my role in the company was business development. I really enjoyed like meeting with people and, you know, pitching software solutions. I wasn't as stoked on just having one product. So, you know, it was time for me to, to move on when we parted ways and I'm stoked they continued to crush it. And I'm stoked that it led me into, you know, the chapter I'm writing, which is content creation. Right. Well, it's interesting to finally peel back those layers. Cause I feel like I've always seen you and even we've met up and, and whatnot, it's always been fitness. That's the only way I've known you. I've always yep. figured that's kind of your whole life. And to peel back that layer and look at the business side and the software company, that's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's been my persona ever since I've had a following on social media. It's been built around health and wellness. So that's what most people think is, you know, I just exercise all day, every day, which that's a big component of my day, but you know, it's not the only facet of, of my life or of me. And whenever you were running the software company and even your previous ventures, did you still have that lifestyle of going out, doing Ironmans, doing these crazy fitness challenges, or did that evolve afterwards? That started uh, during the software company years. So with my insurance business, that was 2002 to 2009. Um, I was working out, but I wasn't doing triathlons. I wasn't an elite athlete by any means. You know, I would make it to the gym three, four days a week and do a 30 minute workout. And, you know, most of it was bench press. So <laughs> 2009, 2010, that's when I picked up triathlon 2011. I competed in my first half Ironman 2012, first full Ironman 2013, 2014 qualified for the world championships in Kona. So it was a, it was a process and, you know, leading up to those triathlon years, I had a personal trainer. I was getting into like good shape, but not, you know, good elite cardio shape. Um, and it was through the Ironman years that, you know, I just learned like training with purpose. I was swimming, biking and running and each workout had a purpose to it. Um, the only component I did not have back then was the recovery aspect, which I have now. Um, you know, I, I wish I could go back in time and implement some of the recovery routines that I do now to see how much further I could have taken it. But um, yeah, I just, I trained long hours and I, I had a coach, Mike Corona, who had an incredible program for me. And 
I just trained like a racehorse. I, you know, looked at the program, I executed day in and day out. And that's what led to success in it. And it's the same as business. You know, it's really just daily execution. It's not getting too overwhelmed with, you know, where you want to go. It's just every single day, moving the ball forward just a little bit. And are you still doing triathlons and Ironmans? I'm not. My last Ironman was 2014. I continued training through 2015. And then 2016, 17, I started making the switch from um, my focus being endurance training to more CrossFit training. 2017 is when I moved from upstate New York uh, to Denver, Colorado, and picked up mountain biking. And now mountain biking is my favorite thing that I do in conjunction with the CrossFit training. But you know, I don't I don't do it anymore to compete. I do it more just to be the best version of my myself to feel good day in and day out. Right. That, that's definitely one of the things that, you know, if I'm in a bad, if I'm in a bad mood, had a hard day, stressed out, if I can go get a workout in, even if it's just a short 30 minute one, I find that you feel so much better afterwards. Game changer. Yeah. I just finished a yoga class and I feel great now, just tremendous mental clarity, you know, good energy. So that's ultimately why I do it now. And that's what I realized through the Ironman years. I'm like, you know, it's, it's not about the aesthetic. It's not about being able to run 20 miles fast. Like I started to realize like, holy shit, I'm becoming the best version of myself. Like I, I have tremendous mental clarity. I have this window into understanding like how I want my days designed. Um, I'm exuding positive energy. I'm attracting that back. So that's ultimately why I do it to, to this day at the extent that I do it is just because I know that makes me the best version of myself. I, I can feel the same way. And John and I owe you a big thank you. So when we went to Colorado last year, we tried to go to that yoga class with you, ended up showing up too late, missing the yoga class. But as while we were sitting out there, John and I were saying, man, we should get into yoga. We always see Eric doing it. We know it's probably really good for you. Well, it took us over a year, but John, and I've been going to yoga every week for the last three or four weeks now. So yeah. we have, we've got yoga class tonight and we can directly attribute that back to our visit with you. That's amazing. So cool to hear. Yeah. And then we, we randomly ran into each other. Remember up uh, lookout mountain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was that chief mountain or yeah. Something like I think that. it was lookout mountain, right. Just outside of golden. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So let's talk a little bit about your recovery. We, I alluded to this in the beginning, whenever I called you crazy and then left it at that, but yeah. with the, with the ice barrels, that's one of John and my favorite way to recover is if we can get in a cold tub, if we can jump in a stream, we yeah. love doing it, but we always argue over what is the actual science behind it. Do you have anything that like, what are the benefits in your head for why you should use cold recovery? Yeah. So again, like, you know, a lot of people label this as recovery and it certainly is like I'm doing it for athletic reasons so mm -hmm. that I feel good and I can train high volume day in and day out. But, you know, the other big reason I do it is for mental and emotional well-being. Um, when you get done doing a sauna session or a cold exposure session, it's, it's kind of like that same post-workout endorphin rush, that same post-workout mental clarity. You just feel great. You feel alive. So, you know, I, I've, I started doing it for athletic reasons, but I continue to do it for mental and emotional reasons of relieving stress and anxiety. And, you know, it's just one of those things where you could have the worst day ever and you could feel like the world is on your shoulders and everything is mounting up and you do a three minute, you know, jump in a cold stream. And afterwards it's like, I feel great. Like nothing else matters. I feel so good right now. Everything just feels like it can be accomplished so much easier. So, um, my routine that I do on a regular basis is two to three rounds of 20 to 25 minutes in a sauna between 180 and 200 degrees. And then 
I'm either in an ice barrel, a stock tank, some kind of cold water, doing anywhere from five to seven minutes in that cold water, usually around 35 to 40 degrees. Um, after my mountain bike rides, if I'm out up in the mountains, I'll just jump in a, in a cold stream afterwards. Um, if I don't have access to a sauna, I'll do a hot Epsom salt bath combined with the, the cold exposure. So if there's a will, there's a way, you know, I always try and find a way to make it work and the science behind it. Um, I mean, the mental portion of it is it's stimulating your vagus nerve. So it's, it's stimulating this fight or flight response. And then from a recovery standpoint, it's upregulating your circulation. So it's just moving blood flow, which is helping with inflammation. Fascinating. And I mean, we talked about yoga and then the ice barrel. One of the commonalities or one of the common threads I'm starting to see is yoga. They put such an emphasis on your breath, you know, in through the nose, out through the mouth and making sure that you're not holding your breath, you're continuing as normal. And I found that whenever I get into an ice barrel or if I get into the ice, an ice tub or a cold stream, whatever the case is, the first thing that happens is like you start freaking out and almost like hyperventilating. And mm -hmm. it's so hard because that ice hits you, like your mind just going awire. But I, do you use a breathing practice? Is that something that you use to calm yourself back down? That's the only way that I've been able to kind of get myself to chill out and make it past that first two minutes is to focus on my breathing. Yeah. So, I mean, my practice is more mental than it is breathwork oriented. Um, I equate it to a CrossFit workout. Like once you've done several hard CrossFit workouts, you kind of know the feeling and you know that it's likely going to hurt the most in the very beginning. And then you settle in and it becomes the new normal. So, you know, that's how I think of cold exposure. Like I feel the exact same way that, you know, someone is doing it for the first time feels I, I have that first sensation of like my body saying, what are you doing? But I know I've done it so many times that I just know that, you know, the, the first five to 10 seconds is the hardest part. And then after that, you just settle in. So, you know, I don't have any kind of real routine around it. I typically will count seconds just to stay like in the present moment. So instead of having a, a timer or anything, I just count seconds in my head until my five or seven minutes are, are up. Um, the, I, you know, I like the breath work component, A, to calm your nervous system, but B, you know, it's teaching you to be completely present. That's what I think the big thing is with breath work, especially in yoga, is it's teaching you to be in the, in the moment and presence is a superpower. So, you know, that, that is one reason why I like the breath work, why I like the breath work in yoga is because you're just completely present with your breath. Um, so I think that's also one of the reasons why it works with the ice is you're just completely present with yourself. You don't have, you know, anxiety or stressed around it. You're just like in the moment, letting it happen. Absolutely. And then on the brand side, because we talked about your athleticism, your fitness, I feel like that correlates absolutely through the brands that you work with. Can you name some of them off that you're working with? Yeah. So ice barrel is one of the ones I work with cane footwear. They make active recovery shoes that kind of look like Crocs, um, 10,000. I was an early investor in that apparel brand. So I've been working with them since kind of day one, uh, vital performance, the subsidiary of vital proteins, their performance side of the brands, um, Fro pro, uh, a couple friends that own this amazing meal bar company and, and Boca Raton peanut butter and almond butter based snack bars, uh, creatures of habit, my good buddy, Michael Chernow in uh, upstate New York. He was a successful restaurant tour in New York city. And he just created um, a very cool brand around oatmeal, but he's launching some other products just around creating healthy habits for yourself. Um, 
I've worked with Juve in the past, red light therapy, um, sunlight and saunas. I work with Beam, CBD, uh, a lot of different brands. So um, yeah, I've, I've been blessed to partner with a lot of brands where I'm good friends with the founder, the marketing team. I like to develop relationships with you know anyone I'm working with. And usually prior to working with them, I've created this in-person relationship with them. And for brands like Kane and Ice Barrel and Sophomores, a new one I'm working with that makes um, sneakers based out of Austin, Texas. Um, I, I like helping them build out their ambassador program. So I work with them early on in their infancy and help connect them to other people that I think can help them build the brand they want to build. Yeah. I, I 10,000 CC or 10,000 rather, it's one of my favorite brands they just mentioned in that area. I feel like they do a good job with building culture. I feel the same way about super coffee. I think I saw you had worked out with Jimmy DeSico or one of the DeSico brothers a while back. He's awesome. They've done an incredible job building, you know, not only a great product, but an incredible brand and loyal following. And uh, Jimmy is one of the nicest, most humble human beings you could ever meet, which, you know, it has contributed to his and the company's tremendous success. I, I have not met his brothers. I've heard the same thing about his brothers, but yeah, Jimmy is a, a gem of a human and, and super coffee is a great product. I don't work with them, but uh, I do love the product and love what they're doing. Yeah. They have built something incredible starting in Jordan's dorm room when he was, I think 20 and then Jimmy quitting wall street to go work over there. And then Jake joining obviously. And that, that is one of those brands along with 10,000. I mentioned that I feel like you look at the product and it just exudes like this certain culture, but also like positive energy. Yeah. You're buying into the story and the team you're buying into their why, which, you know, we all know that's ultimately what really resonates with people is like buying into a story. And yeah, 10,000 has done a great job of making you feel like you're part of something you're buying into wanting to be better than yesterday by buying their, by buying their apparel. And it's such high quality too. Like yeah. I, I struggle sometimes because it's a little bit up there in the price range, but every time that I get it, I know it's a good investment because it, it's going to last. Like it's such high quality. Yeah. They're coming out with some lifting tights soon that I've been testing. I mean, pretty much every single day for the last six weeks, you know, with barbell gnarl and deadlifting and uh, Olympic lifting and man, they're awesome. They haven't ripped, uh, which almost every other tight I've ever worn, you know, after a month, you know, they've, they have holes in the thighs from the barbell, you know, bouncing off of your, of your thighs. So stoked about that product launching soon, but yeah, they just continue to expand the product line. And I feel like with each launch, it's just like, wow, this is even better than the last one. And you're like, how does this, how does this stuff just keep getting better? Absolutely. And are they just using like a different type of material or what is it they can make their, their, their equipment and their clothing so strong and, and, you know, durable? Yeah. Just different blends of materials that they test rigorously through our team of athletes. I think we have 30 or 40 people on the athlete team that, use the product day in and day out from MMA fighters to, you know, CrossFit athletes to ultra runners. So they just look for, you know, kind of the highest level within a certain discipline, but not, not to the extent of like a professional athlete that, you know, is ultimately their focus is competing. They look more for like high level lifestyle athletes that, you know, it, they're using the gear day in and day, day out and, and testing it to the, to the fullest and then providing feed, feedback back to the design team. Incredible. Well, Eric, I have two more questions for you before we run here. First one is where can people find you online if they'd like to connect or learn more? Yeah. Instagram, Eric Hinman, my name, E-R-I-C-H-I-N-M-A-N. 
just DM me. Happy to answer any questions you guys have. Perfect. And then the last question is looking back at this story and we hit on, you know, you started off on entrepreneurship, you're a serial founder, and then you transitioned over to more lifestyle working with brands. Looking back at that journey, what advice would you offer to your younger self? Uh, don't go through the motions, like pick something that you're very passionate about. Um, I was given an incredible opportunity by my father early on to build an asset and to build um, residual income. So if you're an early entrepreneur, make sure that you're checking those two boxes. You're building you know, something that's an asset and you're building residual income and you're not just you know, trading time for money unless you're doing something that you really enjoy. Like my trading time for money aspect of my life is the content creation, but I would be doing the exact same thing if I wasn't being paid. So, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about that side of, of my life and I'm fortunate to be able to monetize it.